You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation Podcast, and arguably the biggest edition of Bears Nation Podcast to date. Uh, I would probably put only the preview of the Eagles playoff game above this episode. Uh, Very important. Lots to talk about, obviously, because... This is the preview episode for the Week 17 Tilt Against the Packers at Soldier Field. Win and you're in. Control of your own destiny. Get into the playoffs with a win against your arch rival. And I am here, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano to talk about it because there is a lot to talk about. There is a lot to break down, a lot of factors to consider. But let's just bring in the rest of the crew here. When in your end, guys. When in your end. This is the playoff game. I mean, this is the first game of the playoffs here for the Chicago Bears. You win in your end. Screw whatever happens to the Cardinals and the Rams. We don't even want to think about John Walford and whatever's going on over there. Control what you can control and win this game. And there's one thing that is kind of bugging me about this game right now that people are talking about. Everybody, it seems, thinks this is an impossible task for the Bears to win. Is it a tall task? Yes. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. People think that it's going to take some sort of miracle. The Packers are a good team. But look, I tweeted this out on the Bears Nation podcast Twitter. Since 2015, every Bears versus Packers game at Soldier Field has been a one-score game. And it has been a one-score game 9 out of 11 times since 2008. So this is going to be a close game. And I know Chris Sinano reacted to that, saying he's probably going to throw up uh, one or two times throughout this game because it's going to be that nerve-wracking. And it probably will be. So Bears fans, prepare yourself for that. But this is not some sort of impossible, oh, it's going to take a million things to go right for this team to win. Will they have to play a good game? absolutely is it impossible no it is not impossible they can surely come out here with a win and we're going to break that down but Chris I hope my man I hope you're not throwing up but it looks like that may be the case come Sunday uh by the way I didn't say one or two times I said three just just for the record (laughs) um but big puka (laughs) here's the thing like I'm I'm with you on that Kevin where um I don't think it's an impossible task but I just think I just think people are acting that way because we know what it we know what happens when we play the Packers. And I think that's really all it is. Like if this game were against, let's say the Cardinals, maybe like I would I would personally be feeling a lot more confident and I would feel much less like it is, you know, a tough task. Just be, you know, as good as you, you may think the Cardinals are like it's, just, it's different when you're playing the Packers. And I think that's kind of where it stems from. But I am with you. I don't think it's an impossible task. I, I don't. And, and is that is that me saying the Bears are going to come in here and blow the hell out of the Packers, blow them the hell out? I don't think so. No. But you know what I mean? Like this is a team that they're hot right now. And that that stuff does matter, you know, come end of the season or, or you know, getting close to the end of the season. So, yeah, I don't think it's an impossible task. Um, I just I kind of just think the Bears are going to have to be damn near flawless on both sides of the ball. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So definitely not an impossible task. I I think people are treating this like an impossible task more because of 
the well recency bias first of all because mm-hmm. and Kevin I didn't even know that stat about the one score game until you had brought it up and I meant to go look but I didn't but I, I think it's mostly because some of those games maybe the box score lies to you a little bit you know you get a couple garbage time points make it closer and plus it's just some of those losses and we're all thinking of the one that I won't mention that you know they rip your heart out and two mm-hmm. so they feel more demoralizing and crushing than uh, a one score loss but also in that same vein you know People are looking at this year and the scope of this year and thinking, oh, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP, and which he is. And, you know, and the Bears, had, you know, like Chris was saying on the last episode, the six-game losing streak. And, yeah, now the Bears are streaking the right way, but the Packers are a good team. And you got injuries, which we'll get to, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. But I think there is reasons to be scared here. So I think maybe people are working themselves up a little bit. But – I mean, we could be in for some real sad boy hours here. That's just the truth. Like, obviously, we want yes. to root for. We're going to root for the Bears and the Bears. I I do think the Bears have a legitimate chance to win this game if they play the way they've been playing the last four weeks. But I mean, it's scary. It's always scary when Aaron Rodgers comes to town, especially when he goes on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday and says, "Oh, well, it's big Chicago against Little Green Bay," and I do love playing at Soldier that, Field because the atmosphere is so, is so electric. So when he's a, when a guy like Aaron Rodgers is excited to come to your stadium, especially when there's no fans even, and you know you don't have really the home crowd as much as you would like, uh, it's a scary thing. I don't know what he meant by the big Chicago Little Green Bay. Is he talking about from like a city size standpoint? I think, uh, yeah, I think it just means from like a city. Honestly, I think it was, man, I think it was tongue in cheek. Honestly, it's one of those things where he's just he's trying to be cliche, do this slick shit. Like, bro, just shut up, man. Like, it, it's really like seriously, you're not yeah. you're not you're not cool, funny, you're not edgy. Just please shut the hell up. <laughs> that that's honestly. Because, what the hell is that even supposed to mean? Come on, bro. I mean, aside from city size, yes, Chicago is a far bigger city, and then Green Bay is probably one of the most boring places in the world. But, you know, th- it, it's the other way around. I mean, this is the underdog Chicago Bears coming here, trying to dethrone what, like Jake mentioned, likely, uh, most likely the MVP of the league, Aaron Rodgers, unless he does not play well, it will probably go to Patrick Mahomes. Likely the MVP, an 11-3 Packers team, like uh, 12-3. and This is a underdog scenario for the Bears. Um, but you, you mentioned the... The Packers are coming in hot, so are the Bears. And Chicago is the fifth best team in the NFL following the win since 2018. And I do think there is a lot of merit to that. And they're coming in hot, which is very good. You look at the last time these two teams played. They were coming in off of that. I think at the time of that game, it was a four-game losing streak going into that after the bye. And I think you're right. Jake mentioned recency bias. And that's huge in the way people are talking about this game because people are fearful after what happened last time. I mean, that's just the fact of it. But you have to understand... The kind of the scenario of last time. Let's think about that. I believe that was that the first or second game that Laser was calling plays. Was it the first game? I think uh, it might have been. Maybe the second after Minnesota might have been the first I game. Think and Min- then, yeah, Minnesota yeah, was okay. the first one. So the yeah. second game, Laser calling plays. The first game with Laser calling plays with Mitch. The first time Mitch was back out there since playing in week three. Like there was a lot. Oh, Akeem Hicks was out. There was a lot going on in that game, and th- those aren't necessarily excuses, but they are 100% worth mentioning. I mean, he Mitch hadn't played a game in like nine weeks, and then he was thrown in there against the Packers on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau. Like we had to understand 
kind of why maybe he struggled a little bit. He still threw three touchdowns, but those two interceptions were crushing. And then that fumble, even though he had, he had his face mask pulled, that was a tough play. Like, we do have to take that into consideration. So going into this game, they're riding their high. The offense has played well. They have so much more momentum going to Week 17 than they did the last time they played. So that's, that's I think, part of the reason why people were scared is because they did just look at the box score, 41-25. We got destroyed on primetime. We got embarrassed, and that was kind of the beginning of a lot of conversation about, you know, the destruction of this franchise in the future but you have to take into consideration the momentum of that game versus the momentum now of this team of everything the offense everything that's going on like it is so much better going into week 17 this uh this time around so i think that there's a lot of merit to that thought yeah yeah i you know i, I don't know for me personally i i, I can only speak on my own like feelings because i can tell you 100 percent like what it is but it's just like the, it kind of just feels like every time we play Green Bay, there's it's like this dark cloud that's kind of like above <laughs> our heads, you know, and it's like we can't escape that. And the only way for me, uh, for me personally, that that's something like that will go away is for them to string, you know, consecutive wins against the Packers. Like I'm not talking about, you know, you beat yeah. them once in 2018 and then you lose the next five. Like you can't I mean, it has to be consistent. And, and you know, once they do that. I think I'll start viewing Bears Packers a little bit differently. But like the bottom line is, and I don't think anyone can really deny it. Like as much as I hate them, I mean they've they've kind of owned us. Like honestly, um, but you know, this could um, you know this could be the turning point. And I was talking to my dad about this, and I was just saying like, man, like wouldn't this be such a nice turning point? Um, like it, it just just like you can make such a great story out of this. Mitch Trubisky, you know, takes the Bears into the playoffs. Um, you know, he changes the way, you know, people view him. He gets another contract with the Bears and, you know, his career takes off from there. And, you know, from like and then you view the Packers from from where th- this starts and, you know, they're on the way down. So like this could yeah. be such a nice story um, if, it, you know, if we play our cards right, of course. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped, guys. Like, I, I really am. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of past the whole, uh, you know, six game losing streak thing. It kind of just doesn't really matter at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely have to get it done. And I, I just really like what you say about the turning point. Something that flashed in my mind was when these two teams played week 17 in 2010, I believe it was 20 or maybe, yeah, 2010 or 20, I think it was, yeah, 2010. And the Bears let the Packers into the playoffs. You guys remember that? The Bears rested their starters. They let the Packers into the playoffs and then they lost to the Packers in the NFC Championship. That was kind of a turning point, you know, for this rivalry, right? I mean, since 2010, I mean, the Bears record against the Packers has been brutal. So you could argue that 2010 was a turning point. Now a decade later, 2020 could be the turning point, but for the Chicago Bears here going, you know, the other way around. So I, I think there is, I think that's a really good point, Chris. You know, it's kind of one of those little things that you just kind of have to believe in there. And 2010 was the turning point for Green Bay. Maybe 2020 is the turning point for the Bears now. You never know. I'm not even going to try and speculate on turning points or taking control back. Like, just give me this one and let's go from there. Like, let's just start Mm -hmm. stacking them one by one. I'm not going to try and look at next year or the year after that or the year after that or the year after that. Just give me this one. Just give me this one and then we'll go from there. Of course, I, I was just saying like this could be the start of something. If you know what I mean, like it, yes, this game is so important that it could be the start of something. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And obviously you like that, but 
And, and then, of course, obviously, if you win this game and you get into the playoffs, you're likely you're likely looking back at Mitch Trubisky this uh, next season and Allen Robinson next season, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely could. But also we thought that way in 2018, too. You know, in 2018, we thought, all right, yeah, we're back. The Bears are back. We're a playoff contender again. Like, here we go. We're taking control back. You know, it's going to be a rivalry again. And then uh, look where that's gotten us. So I just I'm, – I'm not trying to uh, count the chickens before they hatch. You know, like I'm just trying to focus on Sunday, focus on what we can control, focus on what we can – what we know is happening, and then go from there. And what we know is happening – is that Buster Screen, Jalen Johnson, did not practice today. Admittedly, it was a walkthrough, so it was just, you know, that would have been their designation if there had been a full go, full practice. So Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen would not have practiced today if there was a full practice. It was just a walkthrough. Um, my initial thoughts on this, I don't think we're going to see Screen. I think he's done. I, a yeah, concussion I at this point in the game, I, it doesn't seem like he's coming back. Jalen Johnson, on the other hand, I think the plan was always to play it slow with him. I think it was always, you know, he's been a stud this year. He's been fantastic as a rookie. He has been absolutely unbelievable. Everything you've hoped for and more. I think the plan was always to rest him for Jacksonville and for uh, Houston and these lower tier teams that you knew you could beat without him. And, and then rest him, take it easy, let him heal up for this final game, which would likely have some major implications after you beat those lower tier teams. And now here you are, when in your end situation, um, I'm going to be watching the next two days a lot more closely than I'll be watching today's uh, news, today's practice report, because I think if we get at least, a, if, even if he's just limited, and yes. the next two, I think he plays. And I, I have a feeling he plays anyway. And, and that's not a n- knock against Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley's been hmm. great, really good. And he played really good in the weeks that Jalen Johnson has been out. Um, And, and remember, Jalen Johnson was questionable the week after the injury. So I think they're just taking it slow with him. I think they're just taking it easy, knowing what's at stake, and not trying to rush him back. And I do think he's going to play on Sunday. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. We are recording this on Wednesday evening by the way, for all those listening, so you kind of know where we're at and where we're coming from. Um, but Chris, I kind of want to turn it over to you real quick because you tweeted something today about how the Bears need to you know, really be on Devontae Adams, and that that's not anything uh, surprising to anybody. That's no secret formula to beat the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league, um, and without Jalen Johnson, that, that could be a lot harder, but it, you know, I think we all kind of do agree, like Jake mentioned, that he will be out there, and it's kind of been cautionary uh, in the last few weeks. But Chris, I mean, the importance kind of explain here to the listeners the importance of having a guy like Jalen Johnson when you know he's going to be matched up against uh, such a high caliber receiver in Devontae Adams. Yeah, man, like I, I get it. I get it. And and Bears fans, you know, as I was tweeting about how important it is to, to you know, shut Devontae Adams down, you know, everybody was the, the majority of the people in my mentions were talking about like, man, like, you know, the Bears played him the first time. He only had like, what, what was it, 50, 60 yards, something like that. And like, honestly, you take that as like, in my opinion, you caught a break. You you honestly yeah. caught a break. Because, listen, here's the bottom line, man. You can have the best cornerback in the league. No cornerback is checking Devontae Adams one-on-one. It's just that simple. He's going to beat you. It's going to happen. And if, he's, and if you're shutting him down for the first three quarters, he will make sure he beats you in the fourth quarter. That's just how it is, man. He's too good. Like, in my opinion— it's, it may sound ridiculous, but I would literally put two cornerbacks on Devontae Adams 
I would line up two cornerbacks against Devontae Adams every single time. Make someone else beat you. There's no guarantees that it'll work. But, hey, man, if, if the Packers are able to beat us with MVS, Alan Lazard, and these guys, then you know what? Maybe they, they absolutely deserve to win that at that point. So, honestly, you, you got to just shut them out. You got to take them out of the game completely. And it sounds obvious, but I really think that's really the only way the Bears stand a chance. That scares my, my me. My only thing with that is, and that scares me too, because I'm not trying to put Duke Shelley and Kendall Wilder <laughs> on Devontae Adams or Kyle Fuller and Duke Shelley on Devontae Adams because that leaves Kendall Wilder wide open and God knows who That's after fine. that. Sherrick McManus. I, see, I'm not fine with that because yeah. what did we just say? Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Yeah, they will beat you because they got Aaron Rodgers throwing to them and making the calls in the huddle at some point being like, all right, look at these stooges. Let's make, let's take advantage. You're already shorthand now. If Jalen Johnson plays, that's a little bit of a different uh, scenario. But even still, like I'm not trying to ask Aaron Rodgers to take advantage of the third, fourth, fifth cornerback on the uh, on the uh, roster, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. But I'm just viewing it as I, honestly, I don't I don't see the reason why the Bears should respect the uh, other Packers receivers. Honestly, listen, I, I'd rather, I'd rather they just do help over the top or something. I'd rather you have Tayshawn Gibson or Ajax or somebody over the top than try to test your luck with Kendall Wilder on green Bay's number two receipt on MVS, you know, because I, I, I'd much, I'd much rather <laughs> space it out. And maybe that's just me, but I'm just saying it like, and, and the reason for that is because again, Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP. He's done it to you before. And it's one of those games, like, you have to try and minimize making those big mistakes, those huge mistakes against Aaron Rodgers as much as possible in this game. Yeah. I, look, MVS, MVS doesn't doesn't catch any ball under, like, 50 <laughs> yards anyway. So, and, and and here's the thing about MVS. MVS is going to drop the ball whether there's a guy on him or not. So, it doesn't really matter that much. Alan Lazard is a little bit better. Alan Lazard, I think, is a pretty solid receiver. Um I would be okay, you know, I would be okay putting Vildor on MVS. I don't know about Alan Lazard, so I, I do agree with you on that. But I'm taking my chances, man. Make MVS, MVS stinks. The dude is terrible. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I mean, he's a one-trick pony. He's a deep threat. That's all good and cool. But but, you know, but that just scares me because this else. is exactly yes, the type of exactly. game where Aaron Rodgers would just exactly. expose that. So I, I, I get what you're saying. You're you're absolutely correct, Chris, because – I mean, there's some way you got to have to figure out what to do with Devontae Adams. Um, and I think you will. I, I think these guys know what's happening. I just think spreading your, especially if Johnson doesn't play, I think spreading your cornerbacks thinner than they already are is just asking for trouble. I, I mean, here, here's where I'm at. You literally just said, you know, MVS can't catch anything under 40 yards, which is correct. But it's, I, th I think, last game as well. And in games past, like, there's always one deep play that Rodgers connects on, whether it's MVS or some or, or Jordy Nelson back in the day. Like, every time the Bears play, it feels like there's one back-breaking deep play. So, yeah, MVS could go 0 for 8 on his targets uh, under 40 yards. That's great. But if he connects on one 50-yard ball, like, that, that screws you over. And that's a big momentum shift. And sometimes... Like those are the kind of backbreaking plays that you just feel kill kill the Bears against the Packers. Like I feel like that happens to them so so often. Daggers. So it's like like yeah, daggers exactly. And, and sometimes it's not even daggers in the fourth quarter. Like sometimes it's one of those plays early on, and you just get that feeling, man, it's gonna be a long night. Like they already connect on one of those deep plays. Rogers is feeling it. It's gonna be a long long night. So when you look at you know how can they you know beat this team and keep them in check, like. 
just don't allow the big play. Like I'd rather get them a bunch of underneath plays than one of those big plays. So that's where I'm coming from on that because I, I mean, I'm in my, am I incorrect or did, was there one of those plays the first time they played this year? I well, feel like I'm, I'm remembering one. The, the only thing I have to respond to that is that it feels like the majority of those big plays are to Devonte Adams, which is why I feel like if you I don't know though. Out, like you're kind of, I don't know. I mean, no, no, no. Just think about it though. Like the, the, the you know, MVS will just run straight streaks. Like this guy will just, you know, he's asked to just literally run straight sometimes to, to just to take the top off. Well, well Chris, Chris, what happened last time the Bears played Green Bay and it's a game like this and somebody oh, just yeah. did a straight oh. streak? So, uh, dude, I mean, w- why was that necessary? Why are you bring it up. <laughs> I brought it up last episode. It had to be. Hey, if, if you if you ignore the ghosts of Christmas past, they will come to bite you. So it's yeah. better just get it out in the open and acknowledge it. Pretending I it happen doesn't I, make it go away. I see what you guys are saying. I see what you guys are saying. I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm terrified of Devonte Adams, you know. And and it, that's not even to say anything. Like that's not because I don't think our corners are up to par. It's just like he's just so. It doesn't matter who you put in front of him, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's fine to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, that's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. I just, um, I, I, I just, you just can't allow the big play. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like, I'm honest. See, see here's the thing, though, Chris. Like, I'm fine with Devonte Adams racking up 100 yards and 11 receptions. Um, like, that's okay as long as they're not, you know, breaking you down. Like, if he's getting, like I mentioned, like he's having an Allen Robinson type day or something where he's having like a bunch of little 10 to 15 yard routes. Like, that might be okay as long as we're not talking about, you know, big. 30 chunk yard plays like th- that. I, I truly yeah. think that's really, really important. And, and that's, you know, easier said than done against Aaron Rodgers. But that scares me. Like the thought of that scares me more than the thought of Devontae Adams having 100 yards. Like, do you, do you see where I'm coming from on like when I say that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's definitely true. But it's just but like <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like he can he has the ability to, to turn those 10 to 15 yard, you know, receptions into something greater. And like. I just don't see anyone else on their roster that can do something like that. That's kind of the thing. Like, you know, you know, the route MBS is running. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know where MBS is killing MBS right now. He, he, no, because it's just like, man, listen, MBS, <laughs> not MBS wrong. Is, MBS is like the Bears. Uh, it's like the Packers version of Anthony Miller. OK, some fans oh, love him. Some fans oh, absolutely hate him. And, and no, 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 like that's just how he is to them. So, you know what? They. They're always talking to me about Anthony Miller, how much he sucks, this and that. So, hey, we're going to call spade a spade. <laughs> it, yeah, it's also it scares me because I'm always scared of the curse of calling someone a bum or dragging down. <laughs> and, then, and then that week they just freaking kill you. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Jake, I, that's happened to me so often that I'm just numb to it. So I don't really give a <laughs> shit anymore. That's fine. MVS stinks. He, even if he beats, even if he's the reason the, the Packers win, he still stinks. So it's all good. <laughs> Um, As- one more thing I want to talk about on the injury report from today. Akeem Hicks didn't pl- didn't practice uh, because of what was listed as an illness. That scares me a little this bit. This man is always sick. He had an illness that, earlier yeah, this year, too. Agreed. I agreed. But especially now in the pandemic times, it scares me. No, they wouldn't you let ever. you know. It, it, it's not well, right. I, I agree. I agree. But even still, like anytime you see illness pop up and, yeah. you know, especially now because like December and you get regular flu season and all that stuff, like it's just because you need him. You've seen the impact he's had in the last few weeks. Your defense just runs for as good as Bilal Nichols has played, for as good as Roquan Smith has played. 
your team is just better when Akeem Hicks is there. He's just a dog. He's just he's the vocal leader of your team, which especially in a game like this, you need. So I think and again, it's Wednesday. It was a walkthrough. It doesn't bother me that much until unless he still doesn't practice in any capacity tomorrow. But I mean, I, and I think he'll try and force himself to play because yes. I mean, even especially in a game like this, even 60% Akeem Hicks at 60% is better than 0% of Akeem Hicks. So I think you're going to see him out there regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, that that's who he is, man. I mean, you think Akeem Hicks is going to miss this game. Like this is arguably, like we mentioned earlier, the most important game for the bears in the past three years, aside from the playoff game, hell in the past, you know, longer than that, five, six, seven years, you know, I wouldn't even say that long again, aside from that Eagles game. So, you know, these guys are going to will themselves to play. They're going to be begging to the trainers. Uh, Jalen Johnson uh, falls into that category as well. If he's good enough to play, he's going to play. Um, so I, yes, the illness scares you a little bit just because I think in the past we did i don't even remember what week it was but he was out with an illness i thought one week or he had an illness or something he did overcome one he's been sick a bunch of times but he will get himself to play as long as he is you know completely healthy and able to so i'm not too worried you want to keep an eye out for it so when that injury board comes out definitely look out for that but it's not something that is has me very scared yeah I think he's going to, like Kevin said, honestly, only thing that's going through my head is that he's going to will himself to play because it's Akeem Hicks. You know, he Akeem Hicks, I feel like, is one of those players where, let, let's say a case where, you know, Akeem Hicks is on the Bears, let's say for another two, three years, even if his play is declining, like he's that type of player that I feel Bears fans will never hate just because of how much he's given to the city. You know, he, he how bad he wants it. Like he's been a leader. He was here before, you know, you know, 2018 when, when, and then that's when things started looking a little bit better for the, for the organization. But, you know, he was here when we weren't very good. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to, he's going to pull out all the stops to try to play. He, he was here for the dark years, as we like to say. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think people appreciate what he's done and, and especially oh. if, and when he goes out on the field on Sunday, and you know he's going to be fired. And I, did, I think even for him, like, just having him out there, like, as the vocal guy, as the oh, vocal right. leader, as as that guy that just gets the team fired yeah. up, I think that's even just one of the biggest things that this – because this team needs it. I mean, they have to come out there because in that first game against the Packers, he he wasn't out there. He didn't play. And, this te- and the team was a little banged up. And you could see they were just missing something. There was a little yeah. spark or something missing, and it showed. So, I mean, you can't afford to even risk that happening again. They were flat. I mean, and, and that's a common theme for this team. So they cannot come out flat. I mean, you saw, I think it was even last week, or yeah, maybe last week against Jacksonville, this dude was yelling at people's face against the Jaguars when they were up 30 points. I mean, he's up in everybody's face, yelling at them, getting them fired up. Like, no, I promise you, no player playing any sport doesn't see that, sees that and does not get hyped up. Like, I promise you, you see that and you're like, oh my God, like, let's go. I mean, it is go time. We're ready. We're fired up. We're ready to go. So the guys feed off that. The players feed off that. It's extremely crucial. More from an X's and O's. Like, it's almost, you could almost argue it's more important than what he provides X's and O's, you know, because of what we, the evidence we have of this team when they're fired up and ready to go versus when they're not. I mean, when they're not fired up and ready to go, and that's evidence sometimes early on in the game, like, you can almost 
almost see that this game, you, you almost know in the back of your head, you don't want to say it, you know they're going to lose. I mean, it, you know that. And if that happens against Aaron Rodgers this week, like, and all of a sudden they go down early and nobody's fired up, like, yeah, that, that that's going to be a loss. So it, it's huge for him to play simply for that reason. And yes, for, for the reason of him getting to the quarterback because they need to get pressure on him. And I kind of want to bring up Aaron Rodgers real quick and in, in, in this stat uh, that I thought was really important when I was doing some research. The Packers are 2-2 two and two in games where Aaron Rodgers has thrown an interception. Two of their three losses have featured in Aaron Rodgers' interceptions. Two against Tampa Bay and their 38-10 loss to them. He threw one against Indianapolis and their loss in overtime against them. He even threw one against the Jags where they barely snuck out a win 24-20 where Jake Luton was the quarterback of that game. So what I'm trying to get at here is the Bears 100% need an interception from their defense. I mean, it's all, we have the evidence here and we kind of know that it's just it's simply necessary. And yeah, you could get a fumble in here too, but uh, interception is 100% necessary. They need to come out and get one and that stems from their pass rush and from the pressure and Akeem Hicks is going to provide that but I thought that Roger stat was really really interesting because he's only thrown five interceptions all year I think he actually broke an NFL record first player in NFL history to throw for 40 plus touchdowns and less than five five or less interceptions so that's pretty incredible but like I mentioned two of those three losses feature an interception so they need 100% need to get an interception Eddie Jackson where are you I know you bought some PS5s for uh, the players or whatever that was the big news of the day for the Bears you know, great. Go buy some more PS5s, but please get an interception like you did in 2018. That'd be nice to see. I think ideally more than one interception would be would be uh, well, yeah, ideally, on yes. the table for Sunday. But uh, yeah, and I, I saw an article from Bleacher Nation Bears this morning about how you need to be pressuring Aaron Rodgers, too. And, and we know and we've seen that work and we've seen that knock him out of games against the Bears before. Shout out Shane McClellan. But mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean, I think you especially, especially the way Roquan's been playing, you got it. You got to send it. You got to blitz it more often than you have been this season. And granted, that's dangerous because, again, Aaron Rodgers is playing like the MVP. He's probably going to get it, and he can hurt you even when he's under pressure. But you got to take advantage. You have guys that can rush the passer. You know, we haven't even brought up Khalil Mack yet. You know, he's going to be fired up for this game. You got to try stuff. You got to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable because when you give him too much time, he's going to slide around. He's going to slide the pocket. He's going to slide out of the pocket. He's going to create space, and then he's going to burn you so you got to make him uncomfortable and you got to make him get rid of the ball Kalumak shows up against Green Bay. yeah that yeah very hot take right but I mean you're right I mean it has to be mentioned it has to be brought up and uh Khalil Mack is a menace versus Green Bay he has been in his career with the Bears it has to continue and here's the thing too now that I'm thinking about it Aaron Rodgers gets very, very frustrated when he's getting put on the ground and when he throws a turnover, when he throws an interception and commits turnovers. You can see it. He gets very, very frustrated. You know, he'll pull down that chin strap real hard and he'll walk over to the sideline all, all, you know, mopey. If you get Aaron Rodgers down like that, that is the perfect time to pounce on him. That game in 2018, um, that was a, a perfect example of that. I mean, they were getting all over him. You had the Khalil Mack back sack in that game, I believe. You had, uh, you know, that infamous picture of Aaron uh, Khalil Mack on the bottom, Leonard Floor on the top pulling him back, and he's, you know, making this crazy face. Like, if you put him on the ground, he will get frustrated. That's who he is. That's what he does. And uh, like, just as the Bears feed off of the energy of an Akeem Hicks, the Packers feed off the energy of Aaron Rodgers. And if he's feeling down and feeling demoralized, moralized that that's going to feed off on the whole team it's going to rub off on the rest of the team they're going to start feeling down and then the bears have to pounce so yes you have to get after the quarterback you need three plus sacks you gotta and even if you're not getting the sacks you got to get after him make him frustrated make him force them 
tough throws because even on three and outs, you'll see him get frustrated. I mean, this is we've seen this so many times with Aaron Rodgers. I I, I can't get the image out of my head now of him pulling that damn chin, st- chin strap down with that you know frowny face as he walks to the sideline. I, mean, I see it so much. And if the Bears can frustrate him, no matter which way you do that, whether it's through pressure, whether it's through a turnover, whatever way you can get Aaron Rodgers, frust- Aaron Rodgers frustrated is a recipe for success for this team. So I think that's that's something you got to focus on. Get pressure, but make Aaron Rodgers frustrated. Yeah, 100%. 100,000%. Um, I say this before every Bears-Packers game, so I'm going to say it again. The Bears need to do something from the very beginning of the game, um, and I am not talking about injuring him, just <laughs> just to get that clear, just to get that clear. Um, but <laughs> I always think it's necessary to, in a game like this, to absolutely just pummel the quarterback early. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can maybe go just slightly late. I think that would be okay. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where you got to let him know, like, we're here and we're going to – we're coming to mm-hmm. beat the effing shit out of you type mm-hmm. thing. You know, they got – they like, if they come out with that energy, I, I do think, you know, there's a good chance something could happen, man. Something could happen. And that's something – I think you know what I'm referring to. But, yeah. yeah. A little silver lining here. The way you got beat when you played the Packers earlier this season – you know what you can't do. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get you. There's a lot that you can learn from there, and you could say, okay, we can't do this, this, and this because that's how they beat us. And one of those things is easy. Just Mitch needs to be calmer and not force throws, um, which yeah. he hasn't been doing the last few weeks. But I mean, there should be things where you watch the film and when you get beat that badly, and you could say, all right, this didn't work. This didn't work, especially for the defense. You could say, all right, these things didn't work. We're gonna just throw those out the window and not even try them this week. So I'm kind of. I'm, I'm trying to be a little optimistic about that first meeting against the Packers. Yeah, well, listen to this. I mean, th- this is something Lewis Riddick tweeted. He's the ESPN analyst uh, for Monday Night Football. He's tweeted, you find out a lot about yourself when you hit rock bottom. You also find out a lot about others when you hit rock bottom. So it's kind of making you talk about silver lining. You know, maybe it is good the Bears got walloped against the Packers the first time around because you learned a lot more. Had they kept that game close when it really shouldn't have been close and you know scored garbage time points and anything like that, you maybe wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a point of realization. But now you learn so much about that team. You learn so much about yourself losing and getting embarrassed by the Packers on primetime that it's going to make you stronger. I mean, that's a that's a real thing in life, man. That's a real thing in life. Your mistakes and your downs make you stronger. I mean, that that's 100% the case. So hopefully you're right. They do learn from that. They they know they they know how bad that felt and how embarrassing that was, especially at a time where at the, the point of that game, it was a chance for them to kind of turn their season around. It didn't happen. They got crushed. The dagger got pushed in further. They learned from that, hopefully, and, and now it made them stronger for week 17. So yes, yeah, silver lining for sure. I'm not saying it's necessarily, I mean, maybe, maybe it is better. Maybe it is better that they did lose that way. You would have liked them to win, but if this is the way it turned out to be, so be it. I mean, this is the path that they've taken, and now we're here. They have to learn from what happened that first time around, and, and hopefully it made them stronger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as they always say, as cliche as it is, man, like, you learn the most from your losses. Like, it, it's the truth. It's true. Uh, it's true. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think it's – that they're definitely already doing that, um, and I hope they continue to, you know, really go back and just see what the problem was, um, see where, you know, y- you can perform better and try to take advantage of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think, you know, it's very crucial to kind of just just take a step back and think about, you know, the things you can improve on, uh, things that you did wrong in that last meeting and, and really work on fixing that on Sunday. All right. 
let's get into our segments. Do we want to do our song segment first? Sure. I'm All right. That's- so for this week's who, what is blank listening to? We're going with the whole team. Biggest game of the season. What is the locker room listening to during practice, after practice? Uh, I will start since I'm introducing the segment. I think I always introduce the segment. I don't know. But I'm going to go with something a little bit different. I'm going with Give It All by Rise Against. um, Because that's simply what you have to do this week. You simply have to give give everything you got, put it all out on the field. Every single player, every single person that steps on that field has to give every single drop of effort that they have. Because that's how you're going to win this game. You, You can't leave anything on the sidelines. That's a good one. That, that's that's 100% true. I mean, you can't leave anything on the sidelines. I'm going with something kind of similar here. Uh, I'm going with Start It From The Bottom by Drake. I know sometimes that people can see that as like a cliche song. Oh, Start From The Bottom. It's just, it's just kind of like a staple in the rap game. It's a staple in the music game. Uh, but it's true. I mean, they, they really started from the bottom. They were 5-7, and seven, 8% chance to make the playoffs. Now they're here. But it's not just now you're here. They talked all week about how you got to finish it. And they kind of speak about that in the song a little bit. So you start from the bottom. Now you're here finish it. It, it the job is not done the job is not finished the great kobe bryant uh, infamously said that in the uh the nba finals after they ha- had gone up like three games to zero something although they were up three games the job was not finished although the bears have won their last three games the job is not finished start from the bottom now we're here and now you gotta finish the job chris what you got my man yeah so i'm going with my uh my time by fabulous and jeremiah um older song another song that you probably heard a lot on highlight mixtapes on youtube in the past. <laughs> um but listen man like it's our time we're here now you you made it this far I, I feel like i've been saying this exact thing for like the last three episodes but like you made it like you're here it's all or nothing this is your time like this is this is the time this kind of goes back to the whole like you can really flip the script like this is a time to make to, to you know make a name for yourself Mitch Trubisky this is a time to to have everybody you know changing their view about you like it's just time it's time to go I would like uh, to yeah. throw in just a uh uh what's the word I'm looking for a uh no a uh not a runner-up but like a uh wow I can honorable think mention of the word. honorable mention thank there you, you go. Chris is the rescue. Um, honorable me- uh, mention all of the lights by Kanye West because okay. uh, literally oh, yeah. all of the lights. And it's I like, like you have every single spotlight on you. Everybody is watching you. So uh, and Kanye is from Chicago. So obviously, if well, you didn't know that, what rock have you been under for the last 30 years? Yeah, well, but, that's, actually, anyway, that's actually a really good one, too, mention. because. It's it, the spotlight is on specific people as well. I mean, it is not just on the whole team. The spotlight is on Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky. Out like the spotlight is on so many specific people. So that that's a very good one too. And then you think about it because it's not just the team that's again in the playoffs. Like there are many people right now playing for their jobs, playing their futures, playing for their futures. So all the lights, man. I mean, the lights are on specific people. They're on their whole team. That's a really good one too. Good honorable mention there. Um, keeping it You're moving. Uh, let's do our bold predictions. Well, let me start. Okay, Chris. Oh, got a banger. She got a banger. Yours. Last, it could it could be. I hope it's not, but it could be the last game of the season. But what I'm about to say is kind of. It, just hear me out. Anthony Miller is gonna make a name for himself in this one. Uh, he's gonna be back, guys. He's gonna be back. He's been missing. Huh. Only God knows where he's been. Um, <laughs> but you know, these are the types of games. I think we talked about it last time. Like, the, he, Anthony Miller plays with a, with a certain passion. In my opinion, that's kind of the reason why that's kind of the reason why I I love Anthony Miller. I think 
especially in his rookie year, you know, he played with that fire and, and um, you know, a, a player like him kind of thrives more in games like this games that mean more because he knows that it means more if, if that makes any sense. So listen, I'm going with an Anthony Miller touchdown in this game and you know, you, you can, you, you can define a good game how you want to define it, but you know, define it. That <laughs> I way, was, I think at this point game. for Anthony Miller, I would consider three catches for 50 yards, a good game. Yeah, and but that's productive. Like, that's fine. If, if you if you throw a touchdown in there, it's an excellent game. If it, if Anthony Miller has at least fifty five yards and a touchdown, I will. Oh, I'll go. I'll go. A, I'll go a gauntlet of Malort shots. I'll go back to back okay. to back oh, Malort God. shots. On okay. You know what? You know Clip what? it. I'll take. I'll take the over on that fifty. How wow. About How about that? That I'll take that, the over that's a, on the fifty. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be involved. Like, I just don't know how much he's going to get targeted, but I think with whatever opportunity he gets, he'll make the most out of it. That's the, might be right. Last year, guys, don't you remember last year against green Bay was like the Anthony Miller breakout game. I mean, he, he went off that game and now he, yeah, you mentioned he's MIA this year. I don't know where the hell he's at. Um, but last year he, he was out there making a hell of a ton of plays. So, I mean, cause you know, Jair Alexander is going to have uh, a tall task there with Allen Robinson. Those guys are going to be going back and forth all day. So Anthony Miller will have some opportunities against a secondary. That's pretty, it's pretty shaky. It's a pretty shaky secondary. And I still think Jair Alexander is slightly overrated in my opinion. I don't think he's anything more special than Kyle Fuller is. Um, but yeah, people want to rank him so much higher. So yes, you're right. And the thing about Anthony Miller too, is like people do shit on him a lot, but the one thing you can't question, like, uh, Chris mentioned is his heart and his passion. Like you, you cannot question that. So you have to give a lot of uh, credit or at least respect the fact when you can see somebody's heart and somebody's passion and that they're playing for something and they're at least trying. Um, and, and you can't question his heart and his passion. So some props Wait. to him there and hopefully, hopefully it pays off now. I just want to say one thing really quick before we move on. I, you know, I, I do think people, people do sit, do refer to Anthony Miller as in like, oh, he doesn't care. You know, he, he doesn't take it serious. This and that. I've seen that thrown around so much, especially yeah. since the beginning of this season. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny because like, I, don't, I really don't know where that all stemmed from. Like, like it just kind of seemed like he stopped, you know, getting targeted and then everyone just started like kind of projecting things to onto him. Like, do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like every, just, just so many like things have been, I don't know. I, I well, it's just, crazy. it's just been the fall from grace because he ended last yeah. year on such a, a, such a hot note and everyone thought, all right, this is it. Anthony Miller, like we were talking about the annual Anthony Miller weeks, 13 to 17 breakout, which actually, which didn't even happen this year. Um, yeah. And just for some reference, Anthony Miller, the most amount of targets he's had this year, has been 11, which came against New Orleans at the beginning of November. Um, and over the last, over the Bears' last four games, their hot streak, their uh, and when they've won three out of four, he has a grand total of 11 targets. Um, you know, I, I just think I think he's the fourth, fourth or fifth, I th- would even say fifth option in this receiving. Uh, I think he's behind yeah. Cole Komet at this point. So I just mm-hmm. can't see it. Um, the most amount of receptions he's had is eight. That also came against New Orleans. Um, so I, I think that's where it's coming from, Chris. People just the production yeah. isn't there. He's clearly lost his role in this offense. He's really only a you know a, a last read kind of guy at this point. I mean, against Jacksonville when everyone was eating, you put up 41 points. He had two catches for 10 yards. So he, he's clearly fallen down the depth chart. He's clearly fallen down the pecking order, and I think that's where that all comes from. Look, uh, I don't know. I. 
Which is I, not I, to say it's justified because the guy yeah. has talent and yeah. if you get him involved, but it's just proven. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet have proven yeah. more reliable than him this yeah. year. And especially Jimmy Graham and Allen Robinson, obviously. That's exactly where I was headed. Like, I, I, I just, I, I'm never going to fully give up on Anthony Miller just because, uh, you know, he, there's something that I love when it comes to receivers and it's running good routes. And he, like, he's always open, man. And, you know, the fact that he doesn't get targeted, like, that's fine. That's okay. I, I would, I would, you know, prefer for him to be targeted more, but I, I don't think he's a bad player. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say. I, I don't either. I just think this game, when you have to win, you know, the biggest game of yeah. the season, I, I think now would be a really bad time to try and force feed Anthony Miller. If, you no, know, uh, like, yeah. like if you give him, if you give him a five, six targets again, four or five, six targets again, fine, the normal. But I'm not saying, I, like, I would not like this to be the game where you're trying to get him the ball ten times. Yeah, I mean, no. I, like when I made my bull prediction, I'm not saying they're going to come out here and target him more than Allen Robinson. Sure, that right. wouldn't really make sense. But. And really and really, only all it takes for Anthony Miller to have a big game is just one long catch. And exactly. your bull prediction is uh-huh. true. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know what I mean? So I'll, I'll let you guys go ahead. We were, we've kind of been stuck on this topic for a little. Well, I mean, well, I just want to say real quick, part of it is the confidence between the quarterback and his receivers as well. Like that yeah. confidence has diminished a little bit. You know, we talked last year a lot about that confidence between Anthony Miller and Mitch Trubisky was really high. You know, you know, they, they were converting a lot on third down. He was seeking Anthony Miller consistently on third down. Now he's looking like Jake mentioned at other guys first. So that's, I think, part of where that is coming from. But my bold prediction pertains to the defense. I do think they get an interception. I mentioned how crucial it is to get an interception. I think they do it. And I think it's Eddie Jackson. I, I really do. I mean, when you talk about play, I mean, people talk so often about somebody being due. How due is Eddie Jackson? I mean, he, you could argue he's the most due player in the league. He's the most due player in NFL history. I mean, this guy is a ball hawk. You know, he, he's got a nose for the football and he has an interception. Uh, and I, does he have one all year? I don't think he has one. He, he maybe has one. Right? He has one against I, the Giants. The Giants, right. Although, that wasn't, one against, wasn't that the one that got called back? He got called back. I don't think he has one. Fact check me on it. Regardless, he either has one or zero. I mean, this guy is so due. What better time to get an interception against Aaron Rodgers uh, in the most important game in such a long time for him, for his confidence going into the playoffs? Zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. And we all know what happened in 2018. That interception, unfortunately, that led to an ankle injury, but that was the the game-sealing interception. I think he gets one. And if it's not him, the defense has to get one. But that's my bold prediction. Eddie Jackson gets the interception. You know, you you, you, could have said, uh, we've said this so many times in the past. Like, he's ready. He's due. Now he's really due. He's at that point where he's, it's just got to happen. You know, the fate, fate will allow it to happen. So that's what I'm going with. Eddie Jackson, I-N-T, this Sunday. Uh, I like it. Weeks and weeks ago, I would have said that, you know, Eddie Jackson was absolutely, I would have locked it in for this game, but now he doesn't even have one. And I am yeah. a little, you know, I still think he's very good. Eddie Jackson still deserves oh, the contract that he's on. He's absolutely still one of the best safeties in the league. Um, but you're right. I, I would love for in, in the biggest spotlight for him to, to show up. Uh, Chris, do you have anything on Eddie Jackson or should I do mine? Um, no, I just uh, I agree. I think he's due, man. Like there's really nothing more. I think everybody understands that he's a ball hawk. You know, he got a couple unlucky breaks, but yeah, he's due. All right. So for my bold prediction, uh, once upon a time, it would have been very bold to say David Montgomery would go over 100 yards rushing. So I'm not even going to waste time with that. Um, but I- I'm going to go a-, a little bit more. I'm going to say uh, my bold prediction is going to be, I think. Oh man, do I want to? 
Uh, do I want to? Okay, I'm gonna say that uh, Kyle Fuller actually has a strip sack of Aaron Rodgers. Wow, interesting. I That's think, bold. I think, I think you see something corner a little blitz? creative. I think you see a little corner blitz, a little something a little weird. And I think Kyle Fuller gets is strip sack. I'm gonna say in the first half too, to make it even to heighten the stakes even more. I say Kyle Fuller gets a strip sack of Aaron Rodgers in the first half. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, that, that would... I, th- I think that would be an incredible note, an incredible message to send. I think that would say a lot, and I think that's one of those game-changing plays that really can change the tide of a whole game. Look, this is actually you bring up a really good point here. Now that you just say that, because if you guys remember the first time the Bears played the Packers, I believe Chuck that was like one of the dumbest games of Chuck Pagano's career. Like he was he was rushing three on like third and five against Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams. Like no, no, that's not going to work. We know that's not going to work. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that's not going to work. You have to put on pressure. You have to blitz more than you typically do. I mean, I think I think that's exactly the formula. And maybe Jake is right. Maybe they do get creative and and throw in a corner blitz or a safety blitz. Maybe Eddie Jackson gets in there. I know they've tried that a few times uh, in the past few weeks. You have to get after the quarterback in a blitz. You can't sit back and rush three on, on even third and ten. I mean, I, I know it sounds great. A dime package sounds great. You got all your secondary guys out there, uh, and you they got ten yards to go. There's no way they're going to get the ten yards, right? No, that that's not how it works with Aaron Rodgers. You got to put pressure on him, even on third and long. Uh, he's going to make something magical happen if you don't. So 100%, I hope Kyle Fuller's the one to get there. But Chuck Pagano has to be creative and has to, has to, has to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers if things can get scary there on third down. No, you're right. It has, and like I talked about earlier, it has. You have to blitz. You got to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. All right. So uh, we did bold predictions. We did what is the team listening to? Uh, Overs and unders. And I think, uh, (laughs) I mean, this could lead to predictions if we want to. But uh, overs and unders. I'll start. um, And I'm going to say Mitch Trubisky over under two and a half total touchdowns. Over. Yeah, he had three coming. touchdowns the last time they played. Um, he's rolling. He, he's looking great. I, I think he goes over. I think he gets three touchdowns on the day. Um, and, and it's the Jimmy Graham revenge game part two. Jimmy Graham gets a touchdown, I'm thinking. That's that's where I'm coming from. And it's like it, it's a, similar to the running attack like you mentioned earlier. Like this isn't a, a crazy proposition anymore. Like Mitch Tr- Trubisky scoring three touchdowns isn't, a, isn't crazy. And, and wait, does that include rushing as well or are you talking two and a half passing? Uh, I, I'll include rushing in that one. Total, yeah. So if you're including rushing, I mean, there's a yeah. very strong chance he gets a rushing one in there. I'm going over, man. I mean, again, they, they, they are rolling on offense. They almost can't be stopped at the moment, knock on wood. But he's playing really well. Uh, he's he, he has played well against Green Bay in the past. That game in 2018, and not frequently, but that game in 2018 was one of the better games of his career. If he has another performance like that, um, you know, the Bears could be very well on their way to a win. So I'm going to say three touchdowns. And real quick, Chris, before you go, um, I – well, actually, go real quick, and then I'll read this to you after this because I can't find the tweet anymore. So give me your over-under. Um, all right. So I didn't know what number to set this at, but I David Montgomery, 74 and a half rushing yards over or under. Over. We know what Jake's going with. Yeah, he's going over. over. Um, I'm going over, too. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, again. You I, have to. I, it has to be. To. If you want to win this game, it has to be. Yeah. And that yeah. that's I would also go over Mitch Trubisky two and a half touchdowns too because you need those things to happen if you want to win this game. Yeah, I'm going with the over for Mitch as well. Uh, Kevin, you were gonna say something. Well, 
Yeah, real quick. So I just saw this tweet here from uh, Bleach Report released an article about how NFC executives believe that Mitch Trubisky is going to be a good player in the future and, and this stuff. And there's this quote from an NFC executive right here that says, Mitch Trubisky has played well regardless of competition and proved doubt is wrong. If he can beat Green Bay, he can be a legend from an NFC executive. And I and I think that holds a lot of value. I mean, not just the fact that it comes from an NFC executive, but you know, it, it, when you greet when you beat Green Bay in a game like this, like that that is something that fans will remember for a very 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 long time. I mean, we we know that. We still glorify Josh McCown for what he did against the Packers uh, a while back. I mean, these people remember these things when you do it against the Packers. So, uh he has a really good chance here, Mitch Trubisky that is to to really make a name for himself in this city. With this franchise, with this organization, like not even for the future. Like I'm not even saying that this game locks him in for a contract. I'm just talking about, you know, these types of performances against your rival and this side type of storied rivalry are things that, you know, that, that, that people just don't forget. So there is a lot on the line here for Mitch Trubisky in that regard. And I think he goes over. I think he's motivated. I think he's ready to play. Um, my over-under here pertains to Green Bay. Listen to this stat. Green Bay running backs have been held under 100 yards in each of their three losses. So as important as stopping Aaron Rodgers is, it is equally important to know you have to stop the run of Green Bay. So under 100 yards in each of their three losses. So I'm going to go with exactly that number. Do the Chicago Bears hold all Green Bay running backs under 100 yards? That's A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams under 100 yards on Sunday. Whew. Damn. Whew. Uh, <laughs> you should have made that your bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't even know yet what I, what I you know, it's... It's a hard question because A.J. Dillon, you you do have to bring that up. He had a very good game against the Titans. I don't know if he'll – it's because Aaron Jones was injured. So I don't know if he'll have that same volume. But all of a sudden, that's like a third back for them. But still, we, we know how good this rush defense can be when Akeem Hicks gets going. Um, and that's that. I mean, it, it's crucial. You hold them to 100 to – to under, sorry, 100 yards, you have a good chance of winning. But give me it over under. Where are you going with? I know it's hard. Um, and – we're talking just rushing yards, right? Not all. We're purpose. talking just rushing yards from all the running backs. So this doesn't even include Aaron Rodgers' rushing yards. This is just a hun- under a r- hundred yards from each of their three uh, r- for from all the running backs in total. Under collectively from all three. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under just because wow. I think. Okay. I think they yeah. are gonna use Dylan a lot, and I I don't think it's gonna be like a complete timeshare between Jones and Dylan, uh, especially if Jones is still a little banged up. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, and again, because I think if you want to win this game, you have to do that. So yeah, I'll go under. Um, man, that number just seems low to me. I don't know why. I, am I going crazy? No, it's low, but that I just put that number there because that's what we've seen in each of their three losses. So it's almost like saying if they go under, you know, you're almost saying that they're going to have a good chance to win, but saying that they yeah. go over is almost like, you know, oh, maybe maybe that's going to be a little bit tough for the Bears there. Yeah. So that's why I came, that, that's the reasoning for why I came up with that number. You know, realistically, you know, you would probably say 115, 120 like that for all their running backs. Like that's a real number when you look at their season average. I believe their season average is 115. So like that would be a reason number to put it at but when you're talking about how they can beat the Packers and stop the rushing attack we know that it, you have to stop them under 100 yards I mean that that's very key I'll go I'll go over um I I just I don't know man like we our, our run defense hasn't been as dominant as very I, true yeah and and that's kind of you know that that's kind of all it comes down to um but yeah, I mean, I did not know that. That's a pretty damn important stat right there. 
Yeah, it's it, it is important. I'm gonna go uh, under. I, I think they really, I, I think they really come out to play defensively. I mean, this is a defense that has been getting a lot of flack recently. Uh, they have not played well um, against some bad opponents, like you mentioned. I mean, an undrafted Ogunbowale, whoever that guy from Jacksonville was, he shredded them in the first half for like 60 yards. Like you, they have to step up. You know, by Lyle Nichols, Akeem Hicks, those guys up front have to step up. The loss of Eddie Goldman has hurt all season long. This is your time to make it right and shut these guys down. And I think there is, you know, Jake brought it up. You know, there is a chance Aaron Jones could be a little bit banged up. I don't know exactly what injury he's dealing with. Um, but, you know, A.J. Dillon's a guy who, you know, it doesn't scare me too much, especially because he's a rookie. Um, you know, I, I just think they'd be able to handle him versus Aaron Jones, who's a guy we know is is stamped there as one of the better running backs in the league. So if that's the case where you see a scenario where A.J. Dillon is having more carries than an Aaron Jones, uh, we know Jamal Williams hasn't had a whole ton of success against the Bears, that I, I think it's totally possible to go under 100 yards. And, and these guys are going to be ready to play. So I, and I think part of this, and now this leads to our predictions, is the way I'm kind of seeing this game. Like, I don't, I think some fans are now seeing that, oh, you know, based on recent trends and the recency bias this is going to be a 31 30 game maybe even a 38 35 game something like that you know this is bears packers at home week 17 in the freezing cold like i really don't think that's going to be the case i really still think you're looking at a typical 27 14 21 20 21 14 you know something around there um and if it's that kind of game then it's totally reasonable to say you know they can go under 100 yards maybe even the bears would go in 100 yards uh in, in that type of game you never really know so that leads into our bull. You guys ain't got anything else for over-unders? Are we good to go into predictions? Yeah. I, I do think, not. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. All right, so give it to me. We'll st- Jake, Chris, who wants to start? Biggest game of the year. Most important game for the Bears in a long time. Aside from that Eagles game, this is big. Our biggest prediction. It's on the line. Jake and Chris, what do you guys got for me? Uh, I... I <laughs> Uh, I, can't I know it's hard. It. I don't, I don't want to pick it either. I don't want to pick it because... <sighs> it, it, uh, but... You gotta do it. I, I really almost don't want to, man. I, I really don't want to. I know. I I just look, man. I, in this game, it's way too hard for me to to separate my head and my heart, and I'm not gonna do it. I'm I, I'm just not gonna do it, man. Because look, me picking the Packers to win, because because I logically think that's gonna happen where where I'll be literally watching the game praying the complete opposite happens just kind of I don't know man I don't know it, it's hard man it's hard I I do think they're the better team but I do think the Bears have a chance um I don't know I'll let you guys go first if we absolutely have to do it I'm making you guys go first that's fine um <laughs> Jake, you got one locked in? If not, I'll... I'll I, I, I can go. Okay. Uh, much like Chris, it's very hard to separate my head from my heart here. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to lean a little bit on the emotional side because in my lifetime, I've been on this earth 23 years now, and the Bears have messed up this exact situation, final game of the season against a division rival, especially the Packers. They've messed it up too many times. They've screwed it up by some blown play or resting the starters and it's come back to bite them so many times too many times in my life they have done this where they come into this game and something catastrophic happens or something they don't play it the right way and at some point that streak has to end right so i'm gonna go that the bears win this game 38 35 wow so you are going high scoring 
I'm wow. Going, yep. I'm going Bears 38-35. The streak it has to end. The streak has to end at some point. They have to snap it. They have to get back on the right track at some point. They've been playing well. I think they know what to do on offense. And there's no way the defense could play as bad as they did in the first meeting. Okay. Um, I'll go, Chris. Uh, I'm going with the complete opposite. I'm going Bears 21-10. Um, I'm, I'm also playing on the emotional side of this. Yeah, my heart is playing into this. Obviously, that that's no secret to anyone the way I've picked games all year. Um, but I, I do think what Jake said is it has a whole ton of merit to it. I mean, this is it, it's on the line. And, you know, sure, the Packers have a lot to play for. They, you know, they're playing for the number one seed. Aaron Rodgers is playing for the MVP. Yada, yada. None of that means as much to them as the Bears getting into the playoffs. Like the Bears, you know, I would say they have more to play for. Um, now, the question is whether they will get it done, whether they will come out and it will be visible that they are the team that's playing for more. And I think they will. I mean, I mean, this, I don't know if you guys heard, I keep to leave, give a speech to this team a few weeks ago. They got to change things around. We have leaders on this team, man. And these guys are going to get them ready to play. This is, it's, uh, I'm so frightened of this game, but I'm also the most, arguably the most excited I've ever been for a Bears game. I mean, I really, truly do believe that. And for them to come out with a win would just be extremely magical. And I think it's extremely possible. So I'm going Bears 21-20. I think it's very, very close. Um, and I think they, you know, maybe get an interception at the end to seal it or something similar to 2018. But yeah, Bears 21-20. I'm going with it. I'm rolling. It's all on you, Chris. I'm, I'm you. so interested to see how he goes with this. I know. You know, I, I just, listen, screw everything, man. I'm going with the Bears win. I'm not. I'm not Let's I'm go. Not, I'm not. I'm not picking against the Bears in this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking with my heart. Who gives a shit, man? Um, you know, we've we've they've put us through like I think Gre- I think our buddy Greg Braggs has, has tweeted this before, but like the Bears had like three or four different seasons in one, and like we're we're at like a decent part, you know. So uh, I'm going with the Bears win, man. I, I think you know, like Jake said, eventually this has to come. Everything comes to a screeching halt. Everything, and um, I really hope this is the game where the Packers luck comes to a screeching halt uh, to make, to make a game of Thrones reference. At some point you got to break the wheel. It has to stop at some point. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So hopefully I, I think this, I think this could really be it. Um, I think you can really get it at this point. Like, you know, you know, what's worked. Yeah. You've been able to beat up on the Texans and the Jaguars, but there's a reason because then you're able to fi- figure out what worked and what's been working for you most often. Um, and, and you don't score 30, 30 or more in four straight games since 1965, unless you have some semblance of an idea of what's working. And like I said, there's no way the defense could play as badly as defense is too proud, too talented to play as badly as they did in the first match up a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago yeah a hundred percent i i this guys this podcast has got me absolutely juiced up it, it's got me so excited ready to go um and say i can't believe it's only wednesday i want to flash forward to sunday I'll even even though the buckeyes play on sat friday i i i don't want to say i almost don't care about that i mean all eyes all eyes are on the bears right now uh it's you're winning you're in and then this is the weird thing too i don't want to look too far ahead but this is a weird year in, in the nfc weird year in the nfl in general where a lot of teams you know a lot of these teams seem uh beatable in the nfc like there's not necessarily one team that looks like you know the clear-cut favorite to make it to the nfc championship or to make it to the super bowl from the nfc so once you get in man it, it really anything is possible so that just plays again to why i'm so excited about this game because if you do get in the playoffs man there's a weird team it's a weird year it's a weird league anything can happen 
any given Sunday. So fire me up. Bears, Packers. I'm ready to go. It's And you know what? 2021. The Bears play the Packers in 2021. It's a new year, man. It's a new year. That means <laughs> new things for the Bears. It's a new life. It's a new life for the Bears. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing as well. Um, you know, I feel obligated to tell our listeners this. If the Bears do lose against the Packers, uh, you still have the option of the Rams beating the Cardinals yes. uh, and true. you're still in. Obviously, yeah. you'd rather take the win and get in at nine and seven and go in riding a four game winning streak and go in hot. But um, there, you know, even if the Bears do lose this game, there's still the opportunity for you to sneak in and that seventh seed. So there's the hope for that. Um, but we're all picking the Packers. We're all thinking that the cycle is broken this time and that the Bears are able to beat the Packers in the biggest game of the year. Um, and we will find out. We're going to find out if uh, if that's. If what we got ourselves into, <laughs> this is the best way yeah. I can put that. <laughs> the best but, way I can put yeah. it. Um, but we're all going with the Bears. We're all riding with the Bears because why not? The last regular season game, hopefully not the last game of the year for the Bears. Um, and, and you know, might as well go with your heart and put it all out there um, because we are. And you might as well. And we're joining the rest of you. We know you guys, all the listeners, will be doing that. So screw it. Bears win and they get into the playoffs. Let's go. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's do it, man. All in. Let's do it. All in. All in. And so on that note, we will wrap it up here for myself, for Kevin, and for Chris. Thank you, as always, for listening. Regardless of what happens Sunday, we will talk to you next week and break it all down. And you know what? I'm just going to be confident. We're going to be breaking down a playoff matchup for you next week. So we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening. And as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.